In this episode, we're going to talk about how many homes were short in the United States. This is the Real Estate Money and Marriage Podcast. I am Darren. I am Catherine. Catherine, we've done this topic a few times in the few episodes, which I think we, it's probably a third of the time we bring up that we're somewhere between 3 million to 5.5 million homes short and the real estate market, right? Right. And just really quickly, why, what, what does that mean? Why is that such a big deal? Well, if you just think about supply and demand hmm. and inventory, low inventory being kind of the problem and the, the main reason why the market's been so crazy the last couple of years is because once a house is listed, I mean, a year ago, in recent history, mm-hmm. a house would be listed, and day one, there are five to seven buyers banging down the door, wanting to see it, wanting to write offers, wanting to buy the house. Mm-hmm. So it's just like there's there's not enough inventory. Like, there's seven buyers for every house that's mm-hmm. listed. So I'm not sure exactly how that who did that stat and how they came up with that number? Let's talk about it. Okay. So there's an update here. Housing market is short 6.5 million homes. So it's always been kind of like, we're not sure, we're not sure. It's somewhere between here. This is a very specific exact number, 6.5 million. Uh, This was coming from CNN.com. United States is not building enough homes to account for the number of people setting up their own households. Just really quickly, uh, why don't people build enough? Why aren't there enough homes? If they're talking about new homes, we've talked about this before. My four L's, land, lumber, labor, and legal. If it doesn't make financial sense for the builder to build, they won't build. So if the land is too expensive or they can't find any land, If the lumber is too expensive, lumber encompasses everything, like all the parts. Not just the wood. Drywall, windows, everything. And remember, for a while there, we had a supply chain issue. They couldn't get it in. Lumber coming in from Canada was taxed at a higher rate, still might be. Labor, how much does it cost to pay someone to build this? And then legal, how difficult does your state, local, federal, and the city make it for you to build homes. So if those prices aren't coming down, you can't expect a builder to build the home for less. Because they're not going to build a house. They're not going to go through the hassle just to break even. Right. Or to lose money. Right. So uh, as a result, there's a sizable shortage of new homes after more than a decade of underbuilding relative to population growth. The gap between single-family constructions and household formations grew to 6.5 million. However, this figure overstates the housing shortage since new multifamily homes offer options both to buyers and renters. If multifamily construction is included, the gap is cut to 2.3 million. Certainly felt it a year ago that, hey, we need more homes. We need builders to build because there are buyers out here who need homes. And the homes that they need just don't exist. So where are they going to live? They have to live somewhere. So that's why it was so competitive. Um, 
Fast forward to last summer, homes would sit on the market for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and that felt like a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I started to question that number. Like, what's, I thought we had a housing shortage. Now it feels like we have an overage. So I think what happened is builders felt that. And so they stopped building or they slowed down. Mm -hmm. And that's made the problem worse. So now we have an even bigger shortage. Um, my question for you is, the, whoever did that study who said we're, what, 2.5 to 5 million short in the past, and now they're saying 6.5 million, was that study done by the same yeah. person so or company? They're looking at in the... In uh, the decade between 2012 and 2022, 15.6 million households were formed. So this is how many people need homes. During the same time period, 13.3 million housing units were started. 11.9 million were completed. This includes 9.03 million single families and 4.2 million multifamily. Of those, only 8.5 million single-family homes and 3.4 million multifamily homes were completed. So just looking at, um, here's how many people need a home during this time period. Here's how many homes have been built. My concern, if, even if you drop that number to 2.3, I think, you know, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but just I feel like the sentiment of buyers or, or renters is builders will go because of land labor, labor and legal. This is what we can build for this price on this amount of land. We're going to put in some townhomes or condos or, or whatever. And then the renters are annoyed by that. Like, I don't want that. What I want is a four bed, three bath, three car garage on at least an acre. And the builders aren't building that for them. They're building multifamilies. They're building apartments and two-bedroom condos. So great, we're only 2.3 million homes short, but no one seems to want the type of home that builders are even building. Right, but it's too hard or it's impossible for a builder to make the numbers work for that type of house At on least an in acre. The places where where we're paying attention where to. Where people are, are living, where there's, there's jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can go out into the middle of nowhere, but then what's your commute going to look like? Are you going to be self-employed? You can always start a homestead, I guess, but then you don't have to worry about a builder. Right. Or you do, but then you have to pay what they need. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why I think you are starting to see builders just go straight to investors, to the Black Rocks, and go, do you want to buy up this chunk of land and we'll build you 150 single families? Because they'll buy that and then renters will rent that type of house on a 4,000 square foot lot. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying about the type of a, a renter 
I'm seeing, my perspective is they would rather rent the four bed, three bath home than own the two bed, two bath condo or the three bed, two bath townhome. Mm-hmm. No, give me the single family home. Give me the space. I wish I had, I wish I had more yard. I want more yard. I'm too close to my neighbors, but at least there's a yard. Yeah. Well, and that's what we always say is start where you can start. Start where you can start. Sure, you want a house on an acre. It's a four-bed, three-bath house that's brand new on an acre, but that's a million dollars. And, or whatever, you know, if you can afford it as a first-time buyer, that's great. You should buy it and you should get started. If that's where you can start, then you should start there. But I think a common mistake is people rent a two-bed, two-bath house or condo or three-bed, two-bath house for a long time just because that's what they can afford to rent and they can't afford their dream home. So they rent and they rent and they rent and they rent. And then they don't want to buy that type of house that they can afford. Mm -hmm. And so they... I guess they think they're going to save their way to their dream home when really they should just buy whatever they can, live there, pay it down until they can sell it for more. I don't know how long that will take. You know, maybe it'll take a year, two, three, four, five, ten years, but they're paying it down and it's appreciating. Maybe not evenly, maybe not every year, but then they can move up to the type of house they want. Mm-hmm. Too much HGTV, where a lot of the TV shows are probably taking place in Texas. And you're getting Waco. Waco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think just being realistic about what exists out there and what you can get. Um, and knowing that the scary thing is, is that there's 6.5 million others i guess it's like we can put the home to a person right to a family so the shortage household. the shortage direct the shortage that we're talking about directly comes from number of people who are out there who should buy want to buy for some reason we think they should be buying yeah but they're not they're not able to or they haven't yet so yeah, if you're someone who hasn't bought yet, you could sort of consider yourself one of the 6.5 million. Yeah. Okay. And so like, you know, like that's your competition. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I guess it just, it does make me wonder where are these people? Because there are listings that are not selling. Well, in our last episode, we talked about there, there is an affordability issue. And the number here, remember, they, they say that's 2.3 million if you add in the multifamily for renters, so apartment complexes. So maybe you can cut that down to 2.3 million. However, if we look at an affordability issue, I think you're seeing households, they're defining this as a household. Households are living together, moving in together, sharing a house. Um, I don't know if this is a, 
definitely not going to get into this if, if you want to do an episode on this in the future, but the state of Washington working on turning, at the, you can no longer have a single family lot. So it, think about any neighborhood that you're in, your neighbors could sell their home to a developer and then they put up a four unit or an eight unit on the lot next to you, just anywhere. Um, I guess that would solve. And there's another episode we should maybe do where I, I think I gave you the number Washington identified their 1.3 million homes short or something themselves over the next 20 years. Washington says yeah. they're 1.3 million homes short. Based upon so that's like, that's like 25% right there. Yeah. Of this total number. Well, that's over the next 20 years that like they're projecting out. Mm -hmm. So who knows? So on one hand, like, yes, it's a different podcast that I'm completely unprepared for. It's a different episode. But on one hand, I see where they're coming from. Like, yeah, we do need a fourplex in place of a single family home because there's a housing shortage that we need to figure out. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm saying, if I was talking to uh, a family member, I'm talking to my niece. They're like, should I buy? Can I just wait? I go, well, there's 6.5 million of you also waiting. And the chances that you're going to get what you want in the future, because builders are going to have to build smaller, probably. Not just because of logistics, but all the other costs that are involved. So do you want to wait five years, 10 years? And the shortage... It's hard to imagine that the shortage is going to get caught up. Like they can't build 6.5 million homes in a year. And it's just like over like that. So I'd say buy as soon as you possibly can, because that's the best chance that you have for a bigger home, at least more square footage. The chances are of you owning something, you, you might own something in the future, but it's going to be small. You know, like the saying that they're... You'll, you'll own nothing, you'll be happy. You'll own nothing, you'll be happy. Maybe it'll be more like you're going to own something really, really small and you'll be I wouldn't annoyed. guarantee you'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll be frustrated and annoyed. You'll own something, but you'll be not happy about it. My answer to the should I buy or should I wait is always pretty unscientific, but it's always you should buy. Like that's what it's been for the past 13 years since I've been in real estate. And it's just always like, you, if you try to time the market, you're going to miss it. You could, you could look at what's going on right now and you could, you could assume home values are going to go down by 10% in the next year. And you could even be right. But then what will interest rates be? I think that's a harder thing to predict. And then in the meantime, while you're waiting, what's going to happen to your rent? How much money are you throwing away in the meantime while you're waiting? So I just always think it's better to get in the game sooner than later. Start where you can start. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on that? 
Um, I guess I just, I don't, I don't see us keeping up with the demand. I don't know exactly what it's like to be a builder, but yeah, I think they've got some challenges and then some um, uncertainty to deal with because the market has slowed down the way it has. And the thing is they're buying their land well in advance. They're buying their land and then fully aware they're not going to make a penny off of it for months or even years after that. It doesn't mean, and just because they own the land doesn't mean that they need to build it. Oh, so maybe they'll sell it later. Or hold on to it. And our neighborhood, old neighborhood in Lake Stevens, that land, Westgate? Westview Ridge. Westview mm-hmm. was bought 12 years before they ever started development. Yeah. That was just a field. Yeah. So they, they built like 10 homes or something by the time we yeah, moved Yeah, but in. then the, the market had shifted on them. So they're like, mm, stop. So they just held on to that land. Just held on to it and waited for it to come back. Because they got it. They're looking at it. They got to make money. So like, we'll wait until home values come up so we can actually make money on it. Because mm-hmm. the land itself. Or something else. You know, if the legal... Makes it cheaper if cost of supply, if cost of labor comes down, then they can get back. But I'm saying the land itself maybe was cheap enough that they're like, it's not that painful to just hang to on, hold to, on it. to it. Yeah. And so even if the cost of labor and lumber comes up. Or it could be they're just stuck with it because they paid a premium for it. And if there's some reason that's causing them not to build. If they sell it, they're going to take a loss. I guess they could take that, like from a business standpoint, take the loss, write it off their books, but it's probably better to just hold on to it. But because who's going to want that chunk of land? If it's not worth building on right now, who else, who else wants it? Who, yeah, if they can't make who's the numbers work, risk? why would somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's always productive to think about things from the builder's point of view. And realize if they're going to build, it has to make sense for them. Like they're, it's their job. It's their business. They have their own families to feed. So they have to make X amount. They have to sell it for X amount. Um, and they're not going to do it. Therefore, they're not going to close this shortage gap unless it makes sense. Which is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if they can't, if home values are low, or if they've if they've um, come down a bit to the point where they can't make the numbers work, then they're not going to build. Which creates too low inventory. Which I guess that means mm-hmm. home values, in theory, go up because there's an inventory shortage. It makes yeah. it worse. Well, here, here's an example. Let's just, um, I'm closing this out. Just an example of how legal can make it expensive for a builder too. Your first property that you ever bought was? A condo. A condo. And what happened with that condo shortly after you bought it? Within a couple of years? Mm-hmm. What happened? The HOA sued the developer. HOA sued the developer. Now, was that a one-off that was the only HOA in the area that sued a developer? 
No, almost every HOA does it. Almost every HOA does it. And so now the developer had to go and do stuff to it. And then what happened is condos, like you, you could look in that area. How many condo starts happened after 2012, 2010? None. I don't think any. Like downtown Seattle all turned into just apartments. Mm-hmm basically studio and one bedroom apartments even. Okay. So this is a great point. So you're saying that builders were like, well, we're building um, single family. Cause if we, if we build a condo building, we'll just get sued. We're going to get sued. And we have to budget for that. And <laughs> so no more condos, which is a shame because there's a lot of people who can only afford to buy condos. That's the price point. Yeah. It makes a good price point for the builders to start uh, to, they can build something for that. There's cost. It's efficient for them to build that. And then for people to start off with that. And it's also a nice downsize opportunity for certain buyers. So it's really too. good inventory. And the numbers probably, were, I don't know for sure, but I think they probably work well for a builder. They just need to be um, budgeting for, I don't know what it is, two to four years after the project is completed, they get sued. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, 98% of the time or something. It's just how it is. I don't. It's been a while. I don't remember. I can't remember why or how. But you can go back and look at like no condo starts started. Yeah. So builders are just like, nope, like that's not a liability I want to deal with. So they have less legal liability if they build single family. Mm -hmm. So that's what they do. But that's a lot more expensive mm -hmm. for a consumer. So. Condo buyers have to strictly look at resales. Um, so that's just lower, less inventory for them to pick from. Yeah. So closing thoughts on this, we're about 6.5 million property short. I mean, it just seems like an insurmountable number to catch up to. And I would be, if I wasn't a homeowner, I'd be trying to get at least one because I'd be like, okay, I got, I got one of these. I have a, a ticket. Right. It does feel like a lottery. It feels like if I don't own yet, I'm one of six and a half million. So I've got to, I've got to get into the game. So yeah, that's how I'd feel too. In fact, that is still how I feel. Even though I own multiple homes, I feel like, yikes, it might like be hard to get a home. So the, the, yeah, because this will be my last thought. And if you have a thought on this, the, the reason why I think it's so important to get in and keep getting in is if you don't, the, the Black Rocks and the Wall Street investors will there's too much value in real estate for them to ignore it. And so when a buyer, when we as the individuals, as the households ignore the buying, like, well, we're going to wait until they're not waiting. And then we keep getting pushed to the back of the line further and further because the Wall Street investors are just going to keep gobbling it up. And yeah, that sucks and it's unfair, but we're like saying we don't want it. 
We don't want it. Well, and I think you have to just realize that they're there and they're a, what, multi-billion dollar company. And so they've got the money. They have the funds. And they're just sitting kind of mostly on the sidelines waiting for their opportunity. But once um, once they realize it's time, it's going to be quick and it's going to be too late. And I think the market shifts pretty quick. and with affordability already being a challenge. I think one of these days they're going to get in and it's just going to be too late for a lot of renters to even have their shot. Yeah. Especially if they're paying with cash, these right. BlackRock type companies who are just going to scoop up a lot of the inventory. Um, so I think as someone who just like has the ability I think we need to recognize that we don't get to wait for the perfect time because once once you realize it's like a little bit too late, it's just going to become really difficult to compete with these cash buyers. And I think what they're doing, so closing thought on this, they're not emotional about this. They're looking at it just as numbers and not necessarily even numbers per property, but they're just looking at the data of like, oh, there's X number of people who need a house. There's one, we got it. Someone has to pay market rent for it because there's still not even enough rentals to go around. So we're good. And you have to live somewhere. You got to live somewhere. So I think there, that's just a big machine that is heartless and soulless. And yeah, that's too bad. But what are you going to do? Um, maybe just go buy a home and they don't have to worry about it. Take them out of the equation. But when you keep postponing because you're emotional about it, because I want that dream, it lets them sneak in, and then you're that much further away. Well, you need to just home. accept reality, buy a home, make yourself comfortable, even if you're not comfortable. Make yourself comfortable for a couple of years, and at least that way you're in the game. So your home is most likely appreciating even if it's not you're paying it down and then um you're at least not part of the shortage anymore you're not you're not one of those six and a half million thanks for listening to the real estate money and marriage podcast with Catherine and darren and when you're ready here's four things that you can do right now number one make sure you're subscribed to this show whether you're watching or listening if you're watching you can also click the like button, click the thumbs up button. Number two, if you're a first time homebuyer, get a free guide, seven costly mistakes homebuyers make. Visit costlymistakeshomebuyersmake.com. Number three, if you're selling your home, get access to our get sell ready guide and checklist. It'll show you how to get your home ready without spending a fortune or wasting your nights and weekends updating and remodeling your home. Visit getsellready.com. And number four, start a smart moves conversation with us. Get clarity about what to do next, get your questions answered, your concerns taken care of, and an action plan customized to your timeline. You can schedule a call with us at smartmovescall.com or start a chat with us. Visit m.me slash persinger group.